You're listening to another episode of the Locked On Irish Podcast. Today's episode, we're going to be featuring the top Notre Dame players playing in the NFL this week. Guys that you should know of, maybe some names that you forgot about that are playing for some key NFL teams that are making a playoff push. We also have an amazing interview that is going to be the final two parts of our show, that being with Locked On Clemson's Brad Sinkiff. He gave us a wonderful conversation. You are going to get to hear that coming up soon. But first, though, I am Joe DeLeon, joined by my friend Ryan Roberts. I'm a former college football player at the Division I level, and also Ryan is an NFL draft and college football analyst. We formed together an amazing team of two lifelong Notre Dame football fans. And honestly, Ryan, being a Notre Dame fan, I think for me, has always gone past just paying attention to this football program. What got me into being an NFL fan and also being a fan of the NFL draft was following along with these these college guys and seeing where they turned out and where they ended up. So every single week, I always have to to go and check and see, like, oh, how did Chase Claypool do this week? How did Miles Boykin have a decent game? Did he did he get some catches? Uh, did Golden Tate contribute? It's it's always that stuff for me. I'm always trying to check in on my favorite players, which ends up being these Notre Dame guys. Oh, absolutely, man. It, it, you can ask my wife for verification here. We'll, we'll be sitting down watching football on Sundays. I'll say, oh, another domer making a play, you know, Will Fuller, all <laughs> these guys scoring touchdowns, making sacks. Like it's it's a, the tradition that it's not just, and we talked about this on our first episode a little bit, right? Like it's not just great academics, great football at Notre Dame. It transcends past the playing days at Notre Dame into whatever profession they're going to. That is the type of tradition and history that Notre Dame has stood for. So every Sunday, they're well represented on the, on the NFL level, and it's always fun to see these guys really thriving and being such great football players out after their playing days at Notre Dame has finished. Right, and the one thing that you always can point to with the Notre Dame program and the guys that they've produced I always like to see these tight ends and these offensive linemen succeed. We had Ronnie Stanley get paid a huge contract. Sadly, we can't bring him up this week because he suffered a season-ending injury. But we still have a a wonderful list of guys that we're just going to highlight for you. So, folks, on your Sunday after Saturday, when you're sitting down and relaxing and watching the, the, the football games that are on TV, you know exactly who's playing and when. If your favorite team is possibly not playing this week, you can still keep track of these Golden Domers. First game that's going to be uh, uh, has two of the better Notre Dame players on it. Um, Stefan Tuitt and Chase Claypool for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're at the Dallas Cowboys. That's a 425 game on CBS. Zach Martin is going to be suiting up for the Cowboys. And honestly, Ryan, this game probably would have been a little bit more competitive had they played a little bit earlier on in the season. But right now, this Cowboys team is a little, little bit in, in, in rough shape. Yeah, they've been, they've been decimated. Even Zach Martin's had a little bit of a naggy injuries here and there. But we, we definitely want to mention this one because we get to see the matchup of Notre Dame players on certain plays. We're going to see Stephon Tuitt going head-to-head against Zach Martin, who Zach Martin, if you're talking about the best Notre Dame player in the NFL right now, Zach Martin's the guy. that There is no question about it. All pro several times in his career, going back to his left tackle days at Notre Dame. Excellent football player working against Stephon Tuitt, who's finally staying healthy for a very talented Pittsburgh Steelers defense. He's always been a really good player for the Steelers. Just, again, those some of those injuries that have cut some seasons short, he's putting together six sacks already this year, an excellent season. So really looking forward to seeing that. And then 
hey, man, how can we not talk about Mapletron, right? Chase Claypool's having <laughs> a phenomenal season, man. Better than I thought he would, you know, early on in his career. I, I was, you know, I was on the, the talent level that Chase Claypool has. Big, fast, strong, had a great senior season at Notre Dame. I just didn't know how quickly it would translate. But, hey, throw something at him, man. He's been arguably the best wide receiver in spurts rookie-wise in the NFL this year. So the next game that's worth noting, you got two other Notre Dame players on this Texans team who still is very much struggling. Uh, Will Fuller, surprisingly not traded, still on this Houston Texans team. They're going to be at their AFC South foe, the Jacksonville Jaguars, 1 p.m. on CBS. Will Fuller, though, um, Ryan, I think is having a better year than people want to give him credit for. 31 receptions, 490 yards five touchdowns. He's honestly stepped up since DeAndre Hopkins departing and heading to Arizona. Yeah, and he's he, – I mean, honestly, if he puts a full 16 games or close to it, because that's always been the the thing with Will Fuller is he just has not been able to stay healthy since making it to the, to the Houston Texans. But if he's able to, to put a full slate of games on this year, he's going to have his best year in his career by a long shot. He was obviously – he seemed like he was a little upset that he didn't get moved during the trade deadline. He posted that gif of him just waiting, you know, right before the, before the deadline <laughs> hit there. But he's – I mean, he's having a really nice uh, season so far, career year. There was never any question about the talent for Will Fuller. Hands at some point have been a little bit of an issue, but the biggest thing has been his inconsistencies staying healthy. And then Nick Martin – Zach Martin's little brother has been a very solid starting center now for several years for the Houston Texans. So a couple guys that are highlighted on this Houston team going against a Jacksonville Jaguars team that's starting Jake Luton in his first career start rookie quarterback out of Oregon State. I, I'm going to take Houston in this game if we were picking this, man, because it, it, you know Deshaun Watson and those guys, hopefully they'll be able to put up some points against a very bad Jacksonville de- um, defense and starting a rookie quarterback never – Never goes too well, especially when you're starting a sixth-round rookie in his first-ever start. So excited to see Will Fuller and Nick Martin representing the Blue and Golds on Sunday, 1 o'clock on CBS. The Texans also knocked them around pretty good in their first matchup, so that definitely weighs in favor of the Texans. Also have to mention the Notre Dame rookie Cole Komet, tight end for the Chicago Bears at the Tennessee Titans, 1 p.m. on Fox. This Bears team seriously needs to prove themselves. Although Komet hasn't really done a whole lot this year, he hasn't produced to maybe the level that we would have hoped so. Still only in his first year on and on an offense that doesn't really move the ball very efficiently through the air. He's also behind Jimmy Graham, but that's a, a notable game because we do have a, the one Irish rookie playing in this one. We, we just talked about the Georgia game, right, last year. Who was the star of that game for Notre Dame? It was Cole Komet by a long shot. That was one of the best games I've seen from an Irish tight end, a tight end you, right? All the guys Notre Dame puts out, he had one of the best games I've seen of a tight end at Notre Dame in recent years. Like you said, he's kind of being – he's a departmentalized role behind Jimmy Graham, but when he's gotten his chances, he's done pretty well. He's shown his talent. I'm excited to see Cole – in this game, taking on the Tennessee Titans. The Chicago Bears look like they are about to hit a free fall here after their solid 5-1 start. Tennessee Titans coming off a loss. You have to, you, you would guess that the Tennessee Titans would be amped up to play this game after, after a bad loss and trying to show that they are one of the elite in, in the NFL right now. And if a team was going to fall apart and go 5-11, and it probably would be the Chicago, the Chicago Bears. 
Next up, though, Quentin Nelson versus the Baltimore Ravens. This is a, a true statement game for both teams as they are trying to create some separation in their respective divisions. Ravens needing to push closer to that Pittsburgh Steelers team. Uh, the Colts, on the other hand, they're doing much better as they're both 5-2. and two. Nelson is going to be facing off against another Golden Domer, Miles Boykin, one of the receivers for the Ravens. His production isn't super high this year, under 200 receiving yards and only 13 receptions, but still an athletic guy in his second year that can make some big plays. Now, I'm waiting for the Ravens to hit their stride. They just haven't seemed to be the same team that they were this uh, last season. And then we have the... Indianapolis Colts, who are the most nonchalant five and two team ever, you know they they just they've been <laughs> squeaking out some close ones. It hasn't been pretty. Uh, I said Zach Martin's probably the best player in, for, in terms of accomplishment earlier in the show. Quentin Nelson's probably the best player for talking about just right this second. He's such a dominant force on an Indianapolis offensive line. Uh, just he's you know he's on he's on that trajectory to be one of the best that we've seen in a long time. So Quentin Nelson, Miles Boykin, you mentioned as well. Man, if, if real quick, like NFL draft wise, looking at from the evaluating perspective, I thought Miles Bookin was going to run like a four six something a couple years ago at the combine. They went ran in there, ran like four four low, and 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 had like a forty four inch vertical or whatever the hell he he jumped. And I was just like, is this the same Miles Bookin that I saw at Notre Dame? But again. Hope need to somebody to step up in that Ravens passing game. Needed to happen at some point. Maybe it's the big, physical, speedy Miles Boykin. But I have to think that this is going to be a really tight one. Um, probably would still take the Ravens, but it'll be fun just to watch Nelson and Boykin in action. Yeah, and I think a lot of people expected Boykin to possibly have the trajectory we saw from Chase Claypool. Instead, Claypool is the one who has seriously exploded early on in his career. We have to also make sure we bring up every week the seemingly the oldest pairing in the NFL of Notre Dame players. Harrison Smith, Kyle Rudolph on the Minnesota Vikings. They're playing against the Lions as they're trying to continue a big continue a streak and put together a streak after beating the Green Bay Packers. Um, I mean, the two of them have still played at a decent level. Kyle Rudolph, not as much as Harrison Smith. But despite being on the older side and not really having that same level of young juice as they did early on in their careers, they still have uh, somewhat of a presence on this team. This is a really tricky game, too, because I feel like the Lions are in most games every week. They're just that team that just always falls short. You know, They're like the Atlanta Falcons, not quite as dramatic in how they lose games, though. They're always in the game. They just cannot finish them. Now facing off against a Vikings team that's coming off that Green Bay win. Hopefully they can continue it rolling because I, I had a little more higher expectations for them. I, I didn't think they were going to be like a Super Bowl contender or something, but I thought they would contend for a playoff spot. And obviously they're buoyed by two great Notre Dame stars of the past. Harrison Smith, who's been one of the better safeties in the NFL for it seems like a decade now, even though I don't even think it's been that long. He's just been super consistent year in and year out, Pro Bowl player. Then Kyle Rudolph is kind of just – He's never gonna. He's never been, and he's never gonna hit to a star level. But he's just that solid, consistent contributor. Has that big frame. Can win in the red zone, just like he did at Notre Dame. Always was able to use that size. So nice to see a couple guys on the Vikings that are representing as well. Harrison Smith is probably one of my favorites over the last few years as well. 
last pairing that we have and probably the least entertaining because of the team that they're on and who they're playing. We don't need to go too deep on this one, Ryan. Julian Love and Golden Tate on the New York Giants at the Washington football team, uh, 1 o'clock on Fox. I'll be watching that because I cover the New York Giants. Sadly, I have to suffer through it, but I can still enjoy uh, two current players that I like to watch. Golden Tate has underperformed a little bit since signing him in last year's free agency period. Man, I love I loved Julian Love though at Notre Dame. Golden Tate was a ton of fun too. Wearing that number twenty three, um, you know, with Michael Floyd and those dudes back in the day it was a ton of fun. Julian Love over the last few years was one of my favorite players at Notre Dame specifically. I know he's kind of settled into that safety role at the Giants after playing corner. Uh, the, almost the entirety of his Notre Dame career, so going to be going to be fun to see Gold uh, Gold and Juli, uh, Julian out there. I th- man, I, I'm going to throw it out to you, Joe, on this one. I know you're a Giants guy. Giants take down the Washington Football Team this weekend. I think it happens. Giants defense. I, I don't think that's. I really don't think that that's a hot take. <laughs> you don't think so? I don't know. No. No, that's not even close. That's a, I, I, you could pick either team and it's not going to be a hot take because in the reality of it is who really cares? Neither of them are going to win the division. Uh, neither of them are really competitive teams. They're going to be picking in the top top seven, top ten. I don't know. I'm, I've got less expectations for this game, I think, than you, than, uh, than you do. Um, Ryan, just to wrap us up here, before we get into our conversation with Brad, I'd like to provide our final score predictions what we think the final score is going to be so my final score prediction i think it's going to be closer and lower scoring than we would hope and i have to pick notre dame because i am a obviously a supporter of the team and i think that that they're at home they've got a lot lining up in their favor they've got a lot of advantages with them not having trevor lawrence and some key defensive injuries so I'm going to go with 30 to 27 in favor of Notre Dame. Okay. All right. I'm on the safe wavelength to a degree. I, I got a little bit of a funkier score in mind, though. I have a little bit of a funkier one. Not super weird, but I'm going to say Notre Dame 26, Clemson 24 on a walk-off field goal. 23-24 going into like the final minute. Notre Dame gets the, gets the field goal for the win. Like you said, man, we've been talking about it a couple times. This feels like the perfect storm. If Notre Dame's ever going to get over that hump, I think it's this week. It has to be. If it's not this week, then maybe it's never going to happen in the Brian Kelly era. So let's hope that it's this week so that we can see them in the, in the ACC championship game. And then, hey, if we're if we're humming along, we're undefeated, we've got to prove it then that we can beat them with Trevor Lawrence and we got to prove that we belong with the elite in college football. Well, hopefully Notre Dame does hit those four field goals that you think that they're going to get for that that 26-point score total for them. Coming up, we have an interview with Brad Sinkiff of Locked on Clemson. Before we get to that, folks, I want to share a message with you from our sponsor. That is, you guessed it, Coors Light. I can't talk enough about how much I love Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all of the time. Work, friends, family, a million pressing issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. And that's when you reach for the Coors Light. It's made to chill. I know that when I'm done at the end of a week or at the end of a long day and there's a finally a game on a Thursday, a Friday, Saturday, whatever it is, I know I want to sit back, relax, have a beer or two, and unwind, separate myself from all the different things that I've been doing, and just 
relax finally at the end of the week. And if you ought to do that too, you should be grabbing a Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport is on this fall, Saturdays are your time to chill. So when Notre Dame's playing tonight, or uh, sorry, Saturday night at 7.30, or maybe when you're watching some of the earlier games and even on Sunday, make sure you go and grab that Coors Light. It doesn't matter who's on. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport or team just to drink beer. So flip through the channels, find a sport, and crack open a Coors Light. Coors Light is one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you want to hit that reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And now joining us here on the Locked On Irish Podcast, our first ever guest, a member of the Locked On Podcast Network, that being Brad Sinka uh, of 105.5 The Roar, also host of the Locked On Clemson Podcast, as we've alluded to in some previous episodes, and additionally, deputy editor of Clemson SI. Brad, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on the show. How are you doing today, man? Joe, I'm doing great. Good to be here with you and Ryan and looking forward to talking about what's going to be, I think, just a a barn burner of a game. Really looking forward to Clemson-Notre Dame this week. Yeah, honestly, I'm thinking here, and maybe it's being a little bit too optimistic, this might be one of the best games of the year. Hopefully it is close and not either side is a little bit too lopsided with what we're getting with this top five matchup. So, Brad, just from your perspective – what are your expectations going into this game, not having the clear-cut number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence? Are, are things a little bit worrisome not having him and having to roll with DJ, or are things still sticking with the same level of com- confidence? Well, it's, it's kind of a mixed bag. I think, first off, when you're talking about uh, Trevor Lawrence not being there, you're losing leadership. You're losing a guy who's been on the big stage in every moment, in every capacity. It's a guy who's won a national championship as a true freshman. He played for it again as a sophomore last year. Didn't play well against LSU in that game. So that's a guy who has seen the the best and the worst of playing in big games. And certainly, you feel that. When that's not on the the football field, it goes throughout your entire team, your locker room, you name it. You're going to know that Trevor Lawrence isn't there. And so I think it's important that the other guys for Clemson don't try to do too much. And I think you saw some of that against BC last week. And when Clemson struggled a little bit early, I mean, you don't have to go be a superstar and a hero. You just have to do your job and do it well because Clemson has a lot of talent. And I think they kind of got over that a little bit. I think maybe that was sort of the dominating factor last week. And at least it was a factor last week in why Clemson struggled against BC. But when you go over to DJ Oyangole, we're talking about a young man who's never been on this stage. He was in high school this time last year, and now he's playing at Notre Dame of all places. I mean, this is not this is not going to you know Winston Salem, North Carolina. Here, this is up <laughs> in Indiana. It's a little bit different to step up, uh, but still, I think he's got kind of that uh, stereotypical California personality. His teammates say that he's just kind of this laid back guy. You know, everything's cool, everything's good, nothing to worry about. So he, I don't think he's going to get too nervous and be overwhelmed by the situation. But there's some you know football things that I, I would be concerned about if I'm Clemson. You know is the offense going to flow the same way? Uh, The game plan was already put together when he got put in as the starting quarterback last week, so there wasn't a lot of adjustments. What's it going to be like now with calling plays exactly for him? And is he going to run the football? DJ didn't run the football last week very often, and that was a little bit different. Clemson has to have that in their offense. It's a huge part. The quarterback has got to have 
the ability to, to pull the ball in zone reads and RPOs and make decisions. It's vital. He didn't do it last week. Is he going to do it this week? I don't know. The shoulder, he's got a, he's got a bum shoulder some bothering him. That factors into it. So you put all those things together. I, I think he's a guy who's he's got a lot of confidence coming off a 340-yard performance, didn't turn the ball over last week against Boston College. So I don't think he's going in this game thinking, oh, boy, this, this is too much for me. But I just wonder how much the other guys around him perform and take the pressure off of him. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Brad, because, I mean, I've been following what DJ Uwe there we go, you know, <laughs> him coming out of St. John's, Bosco over there in California, like you mentioned a little bit, and, you know, being the exceptional player, it seems like right after Trevor Lawrence is out, like, how often do you lose a generational talent like Trevor Lawrence and you roll in this six foot four plus, 240 plus pound kid, five star? And like you said, though, the, the stage probably isn't going to be too big for him, but kind of off of what you just said about the guys around him, what do you think are, is the most important parts of that offensive structure that they need to have against Notre Dame in order for DJ to continue to be comfortable like we saw him in the second half last week? They have to run the football, and they have to run the football on first and second down, and they have to do it with some efficiency and effectiveness that just hasn't been there at times this season. I, I think the offensive line is under a ton of pressure right now. You go through, you look at the stats, you look at the numbers. They're not performing at a super high level. Clemson is down a yard and a half per carry than they were last season. Travis Etienne is one of the best running backs in college football. I don't think anybody's on here to dispute that for sure, uh, but he needs some room. He needs some space. He's not getting it. They're just simply not opening up the same kind of holes for him. And what that does, that puts Clemson in a lot of third and longs. Trevor Lawrence can handle those third and longs. He can excel in that situation. That's no big deal for him. Now DJ may have to do that on the road against a very high-level opponent. It's a lot different against Notre Dame than it would have been against BC. So he has got to get some help from that offensive front. They have got to give him some time, not only to throw the ball, but they've got to give him the running game that he needs behind him and open up these for Travis Etienne and take the pressure off of him. So to me, the biggest question on offense is can the offensive line get enough yards to, for, for Travis Etienne on first and second down so they're not in those third and long situations? Yeah, that was a big thing that we spoke about in our game preview episode that came out on Thursday. We talked a lot about the, the offensive line, the running game for Clemson. In a few minutes, we're going to hear more from Brad on his thoughts on the game, especially defensively for Clemson, as well as his final score prediction. Folks, if you don't already, make sure you go and hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date with every single episode of the Locked On Irish Podcast. We still have Brad Sinkoff with us of the Locked On Clemson Podcast. Besides the quarterback situation that you've highlighted tremendously, and I think that's what a lot of Notre Dame fans are, are curious about, is there anything that you think Clemson should be worried about about this Notre Dame team at all? Yeah, I think Clemson should be worried about trying to get that push up front against Notre Dame. And I think the Irish are able to um, force Clemson. I mean, Notre Dame, <clears throat> excuse me, Notre Dame is so good against third downs. I mean, they're, you know, they're one of the best teams. I think they're what, fourth in the country in defense of third down conversion rate. So they can flat out get it done on that side of the ball. So if, if Clemson is under a lot of pressure and facing a lot of third downs and getting in some bad situation, I, I think it's going to be really tough for them. So, 
Uh, yeah, I, th- I think Notre Dame poses a lot of problems now. So I, I think that to me, the way that Notre Dame is able to get teams off the field, I think it's what a third of Notre Dame's possessions, they force three and out. So it's just going to be a lot of pressure on Clemson to not fall into to that issue. And, and that to me is going to be uh, up to Tony Elliott, the offensive coordinator, to get a little creative in this game. And Brad, I wanted to take you over to the defensive side of the football. Now, there's a lot of, I I know there's a lot of fans that are really excited about the couple freshmen you guys have up front, a couple of those sophomore cornerbacks you all have over there, and and, um, Andrew Booth, and a lot of guys to be excited about. My question for you is, though, looking at that defense with a mix of some older veterans and those young freshmen and sophomores, what do you consider to be in the biggest strength of that Clemson defense overall? Well, you know, I probably would have said linebacker play before James Skowski got hurt. Uh, their senior, fifth-year guy, middle linebacker, out for a few weeks now as he had uh, a scope done, so he's not around. I would have said linebacker. It probably is the cornerbacks, though. Uh, with way Darian Kendrick – now, Darian Kendrick didn't have his best game last week, but he's been pretty doggone consistent and good on one side. Andrew Booth has just really grown up. You mentioned him. He has grown up in a, in a big hurry and become a really big-time player for them. And so I, I think Brent Venables, the defensive coordinator, really trusts those guys. And when he trusts his corners, look out, because Venables will bring blitzes from all over the field in all different kind of ways and absolutely make your quarterback as uncomfortable as he can possibly be and force you to beat his guys one-on-one. And Clemson has been able to win a lot of the battles one-on-one down the field. The plays they've given up have been coverage busts, where safety just misses the guy or guy gets out of position just a little bit and they get a step on him and, and the guy's gone. It hasn't been just, you know, 50-50 balls losing those time after time. So I would say right now, Ryan, clearly to me, those corners have have sort of asserted themselves as saying, hey, we're taking it on us to get all the stops that we can so that you can go do whatever else you need to do to get to the quarterback. So before I, I grab a, a score prediction from you for this game, were you at all surprised that Clemson was considered a, a favorite by the betting lines? I think it's like a five-and-a-half-point favorite right now, despite it being in South Bend. Were you shocked at all? Did you kind of expect that to to possibly happen? Because I, I was a tiny bit thrown off that the uh, the line was that, that large for a one-versus-a-four game without having Trevor Lawrence. I was a little bit surprised. I thought there might be a little bit more of an adjustment for DJ, but if, if Uyangale doesn't go out and throw for 340 yards, then you probably are looking at like a field goal game, maybe even less. But uh, I don't know if the line at that time did not take into account the two defensive players who are out for Clemson, Tyler Davis and linebacker uh, Mike Jones Jr. And those guys are very, very important. And I'm surprised. I would not be surprised if the line ticks down since Dabo Swinney made that announcement as we get closer to game time because Tyler Davis – is as important on defense as almost Trevor Lawrence is on offense. I really mean that. He is a he's the guy you line up over the center. He does, he's a nose guard. He can get after you and push you around and beat you up and force double teams and open up things. So without him, uh I not knowing if he was gonna play when the line came out, it did seem a little high to me too. Yeah, it might be some free money to take Notre Dame to cover in this one. Not that's not a full endorsement from me, but uh, <laughs> just judging off those injuries, though, that might be enough to keep this game closer than that five point spread. So, Brad, just to wrap us up here, what do you think is going to be the final score? What is your prediction right now? Well, right now, I, I think both teams are trying to do the same thing. They're going to do it in different ways, but I think they want to, like I said earlier, force as many third and longs as possible. They both want to stop the other team's run game. These are basic football things, but this is what these two teams do really well. You know, it's kind of the strength on strength in terms of what they're trying to accomplish. 
I think Clemson just has a little bit better athletes, especially on the outside, especially with Travis Etienne, a few more playmakers. I think that's the difference in the game. I think when it comes down to it, I see a lot of evenness between these two teams. Just a couple speedier, more experienced, big-time players like Travis Etienne on Clemson's side, and I think the Tigers find a way. This is going to be close. This is like 27-20, 26-20. This is right around that spread. All right, well, Brad, that is going to be uh, it for that's all the questions that we had for you for today's interview. Is uh, where where can the folks listening catch you on on social media and all that good stuff? What is there anything else you want to plug to? Uh, feel free to. Yeah, no, just give me a follow on Twitter at Brad Sinkov. That's B R A D S E N K I W. I put everything up there that I'm doing right now. Writing a lot for Clemson SI and of course uh, Locked On Clemson podcast. Please check that out. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Been hitting up. A lot of these big topics here about Notre Dame and Clemson. All right, awesome. Thank you again, Brad. Uh, really appreciate it. Hopefully we can have you again on uh, when the ACC championship rolls around. <laughs> I have a feeling there will be a rematch, guys. I think we're going to be talking <laughs> about this down the road. That's going to be it from us here with the Locked On Irish podcast. Folks, make sure you go and hit that follow button on Twitter, at Joe DeLeon for me, at Rise and Draft for Ryan, and also follow the show's Twitter account, at Locked on Irish. Make sure you tune into this Saturday as Notre Dame is facing Clemson 7:30 on NBC. On Monday upcoming, we will have a breakdown show, our first breakdown after a game. You'll get to hear our thoughts on how we think the Fighting Irish performed and how they looked out there on the field. Please also hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening and give us a review so we have some current and update up-to-date reviews for Ryan and I as the new hosts of the show. Also, if you're looking for additional content to currently listen to, head on over to the Locked On College Football Podcast to hear anything that you want to hear across the country at the college football level. We'll see you on Monday, folks. 